Welcome to the Emma Daily Klein podcast. I'm so glad you tuned in today. On this channel, you'll find conversations I have with horsemen, horse lovers, and creatives in a few different formats. This is the Horsemanship Remark Show, which I do live every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. on Instagram. You can find that by searching for Emma Daly Klein and clicking on Evolution of a Girl. Usually, my good buddy Michael Sparling is on the show, as he was in this episode, and it's probably one of my top three favorites that we've done so far. I love it when we get can get to the deep... Uh, most valuable things in horsemanship and you know we kind of get there in a fun organic way but we are pretty serious by the time those topics come up so i hope that you enjoy this episode if you do please subscribe to my channel and share it with somebody that you think might also appreciate it without further ado here is michael and i talking about horsemanship everybody Welcome to the Horsemanship Remark Show. I hope everybody is doing good. It's summer here, which is my favorite. Good morning. Good morning. So what's on your mind this morning? Let's oh. get right into the horsemanship. I think it's your turn. <laughs> oh, you did talk a lot last week, which was great. Wait, was, la- was last week post-Sheridan? Mm-hmm. Oh, it feels like so long ago. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, 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 like, what did we talk about last week? And I'm like, oh, Sheridan. <laughs> Kip was um, listening to it back, and he's like, you actually let Michael talk. <laughs> yeah. No. And I heard it. Man, a whole hour plus of talking. I can't believe you got that out of me. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Well, um, kind of on the same theme of, of cult starting, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's not just cult starting, but it's, it's foundation. Well, a couple things. Rescue horses are on my mind this, this week. Um, and yes, cult starting, but in general, what is a foundation and what can you accidentally set a horse up for failure by especially if you do have a cupcake to begin with. Um, And two horses come to mind for me. One of them is Zorro, actually, because, you know, part of it is how he's bred. He's super fancy and illusion. Um, And as you know, um, he he kind of lived in a round pen just because in Arizona, there's not a lot of space, you know, and he was gifted. So he came from California to some folks in Arizona and lived as a stallion by himself in a round pen for like almost two years. And in the middle of all of that, he um, needed to do his stallion evaluation or whatever. And so they just put a saddle on him, rode him in this display, walk trot canner. Um, and and off you go. Started or they just kind of no got by him. Yeah, he let him do it. That's wow. the thing, right? Because these Andalusians in particular are bred to be very compliant. Um and and that's part of his personality. But so we would say, okay, this is a cupcake, right? And you could just they let you ride him. So the same kind of thing with a little um, horse that. 
I kind of took on uh, as a responsibility this last couple weeks. Um, her name is Rook. And for those of you guys that are horsemanship insiders, you will have seen her, the original, the original video. My cat. One second. Get out of here. <laughs> um, the original video uh, the, in the four-quarter yield under Hal, that was where, you know, nobody had really touched Rook. Super cute little um, quarter horse. A quarter horse, have you heard about that ranch in um, eastern Oregon that that was like this big quarter horse facility? Well, so basically the guy died. It's still in the family. The fences came down. So there's a herd of feral like cow horses. That's that's how uh, how we came by Degamo and Vientos. Yeah, and that's the situation they came out of. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, we're these these kind of fancy horses for what they were. Uh, just yeah. <laughs> living Fence down. They did, like when I bought Degamo, they had the stud wrong, and they they did the DNA test and came back as a different stud. And like like they had no clue what who was breeding who. Exactly. Yeah. So, so this particular horse, you know, I did some stuff with her. You guys can see that um, video. And then she, she went on to kind of be started. But the thing is, though, is like, she's a real cupcake, which means you can get by with a lot of stuff. And the problem with that is it's easy to get sucked into that. I've been sucked into that in the past, you know, but what you'll always run into, it seems like I wanted to get your thoughts on this. What you'll always run into is at some point, those gaps will catch up with you, you know, either sooner or later. And like with Zorro, it kind of ended up with, um, you know, gosh, he got so far along in his education and, and has done really well in a lot of ways. But really, there's also stuff that kind of, you know, just never got put in there that I want in there and has. You, you just can't proceed. So. I don't know. I'd say. Most certainly, in many cases, you can go, okay, this horse is gentle, this horse is safe, and end up in a, in a pile of trouble. What also amazes me about those cupcakes and even lots that aren't, aren't cupcakes is, like, how do people survive riding horses the way they ride them in a, in a lot of cases? And that's not to, you know talk down at someone else and, and where their skill level is or their riding. I mean, everyone's, you know, doing the best they can or riding the way they want to ride at that particular moment. But I mean, I get some of these horses that come in, it's like, Oh my goodness, you've been riding this thing out on trails. Um, you know, so a cupcake or not, it's crazy what the horse will let you get away with. Um, you know, without, killing you <laughs> um and yet you're exactly right like you, you can go along and skip some steps with some of these horses and or just not have a well-rounded education and it's it's there you know you might you might get by with it but you might not um 
you know, we have one horse in right now is helping Sam with, which I see Sam's on here. Um, hi, Sam. Uh, and he's just like a real gentle colt. I'm like, just keep going. I kept telling her, you gotta, gotta be on the edge of keeping his mind because he's so quick to just go, oh, whatever, I'll fall asleep. He's just dog gentle. And he's like, you can't just take that for granted. Oh, okay, this ride is, is going to be good because then you're going to have to scare him. You're going to have to startle him to get him alive. You know, if, if we're talking about, you know, developing him, getting him, getting him moving forward. So, um, yeah, I guess what's really been on my mind recently is how quickly a horse can have a bad experience and how much that can color things. Um, you know, it may be with all good intents, you miss something or <clears throat> something startles them. A really touchy horse startles them at just the wrong moment. Um, <laughs> yesterday I had one coming up to me on the fence and it was pretty, pretty reactive. I was getting the flag all over and then a horse just on the other side, I have pretty much a solid edge to the wrong pens. They can't see too much outside of it. And some horse in the pen next to the round pen just, I don't know what he did, like swished his butt against the feeder or something, made this big creaking noise, and she jumped out of there. It's like, God dang it, I just got you up here. So, you know, unfortunate things like that, that worked out fine. But, you know, there's there's cases where, um, you know, it, it's just easy to give a bad experience, and then you have to kind of try to bring them back from there. Cold starting is not easy. For sure. So. Yeah, and even and and then what is the definition of a cold start? That's yeah. that's a little bit it doesn't really matter like we don't own the term. Yeah. You know, but what does that mean? And I've gone after people meaning I've I've gotten horses after cold starts in a few different ways right meaning i i've gone after people that have done a really thorough job and i've gone after people that um maybe didn't know uh, to do to do the the kind of thorough job that we would expect but i was also thinking um a little bit about the human and how lucky we are to be able to have access to um a curriculum or, or, you know, just examples of what thorough looks like. Um, <clears throat> and I was just thinking of the difference between like Flora, don't listen again, Flora and Clem who are young because it's not just a, Oh, that person's young. They're young. They're, they're young. I mean, it was like, that doesn't mean anything because if you're educated, your horses are going to show it, right? That's, that's, and the best part about that is, is I feel like that's empowering, right? Because we can go after the knowledge because this is a girl who's been riding with Buck for eight years or something like that and started many, many colts for her age and a lot of, 
and many in front of Buck, which means she knows what it's like to be thorough because that's in her education. And we can all chase that. I mean, you have certainly, but even to me who like, I haven't done anything with a cult since I got Bonnie. So Bonnie was last year, two years ago. And, um, you know, Lisa had put 24 rides on her. So she was pretty culty, but I went after Lisa. Lisa's pretty thorough, right? Versus doing, um, you know, go picking up this horse who maybe just by accident has had um, a lot of stuff missed. Well, I right away, even just because of the little experience I have, but under some really good instruction and having time to observe, like the checklist is just there. You mean in terms of the clarity of where you, what you want to cover with her or... Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about the speed of things. We talked about that the other day, right? The pacing of things. And, you know, meaning some horses are going to have trouble with other things. So not holding them back when they when they are checking out. Check, check, yeah. check. Good, good, good. Oh, up, up, up. We need to. Spend a little time here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find there's anything in particular that horses tend to get stuck on or ones that you've had recently or anything that you would say maybe that tends to get missed that you would, that you kind of have to double check or fill in? I'm, <clears throat> I frequently find that I'll have a really nice four quarter yield on the ground and starting out in the saddle sometimes it's just like there like I don't know if it's my preparation is that much different or it's that much more natural to the horse or whatever and other times getting that four quarter yield to translate from the ground into the saddle it just takes time for them to figure the shift of weight know where the feet go um, to know where to try right now you got your weight on their back they've got a little bit more effort to shift your weight um that that's one thing that you know i don't know that it's even if it's missed it's just i mean heck if you want to say what's missed a lot of the horses i get in are just plumb not exposed to anything so the flag is the first thing that's missed or you know um just things coming at them. I get a lot of spooky reactive horses. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the business or, you know, kind of bronchi horses. But the first thing that's missed is this horse isn't, you know, comfortable with stuff moving around them, you know? Um, <clears throat> and I, I think to go back to what I said a bit ago is that it's missed and, or just a handful of really crummy experiences that, you know, probably because something's been missed or, um, you know, just because someone wasn't really thinking ahead of the potential ramifications of what they were doing. That's where I feel like I run into difficulty more often than, um, I wouldn't say more often than missed. Cause like I say, you know, 
the, the cause for that is probably that something has not been addressed thoroughly. So, for instance, you know, the horse that really has difficulty saddling, well, probably had a pretty unfortunate experience saddling. Why would you have that unfortunate experience saddling? Possibly because they weren't prepared as well as they could have been. Or it was just a, you know, an accident, you know, like. Just unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. It's not anyone did anything wrong. You had the horse as prepared as, as you could, but this was going to be a thing. This mare I got on yesterday. I knew she was going to be scared at some point in that first ride. I knew we were going to have a scramble. I was hoping it wasn't going to turn into a buck. It was really kind of a crapshoot after the first two scrambles and bringing her out the other side and petting on her and getting her to settle. I was like, okay, now I'm comfortable. We're not going to go cut in half and bronking around here. You're just going to scoot around. So wasn't on the night latch as much and was able to kind of support her a little better, getting my hands on her. But, you know, you kind of, at least in that case, you prepare as well as you can, but you know, like, there's been a lot of apprehension on the way to getting above her blind spot, you know, and it's like, I could do this for a long, long time and get her better and better, but there's still going to be that moment of all this happening above her, her moving out, um, switching eyes, me up here, that... I mean, that's kind of one of the things with cold starting is that's a different experience. So I knew she was going to startle at some point. I could just tell, but she was prepared. So, you know, it was a little extreme when she did. Not the best experience. I had her quite well prepared. I was able to bend her, but she was definitely like, oh, shit, like that was scary and then you just ride until she's kind of turned loose to it a little bit more flipping the rope over her neck and or over her head and bending this way and bending that and it was it was kind of a turning loose to bending right she wanted to keep me in the left eye and I could kind of tell that from the ground a little bit and gotten it worked out pretty well but then you know you get in the in the saddle and there's this and all of that tendency pops right back in there. You know, like, what are you doing up there still? I just kind of moved away from the fence and you're still with me. Usually when I jump away from the fence, because the horse on the other side of the fence paws at something, you don't come with me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've, I've been thinking about this thing or realized <clears throat> that I, that I have this thought um, and a lot of times I'll say it out loud just for my own benefit as I'm, you know, as a horse is flipping through behaviors, let's say, and they have an instinct to do something like um, one of these horses really uh, a little bit got to sucking back when she got scared and sort of scrambling backwards. Um, so the first time she kind of did that with me, I was like, I can't because we had had other things on the menu. And this is really interesting going back to the, this particular horse that I have, I had these experiences with just a handful of days, like right at the beginning. It's really interesting to pick her back up and, and have more latitude because of the relationship 
that was there, even though it was so brief. That's interesting. And I've raised baby horses before. It, it, it maybe, and I don't feel like it's been this stark, but who knows? That was a long time ago. Um, <clears throat> but the, so as she's kind of scrambling backward, but she was, you know, I was a tiny bit drifting with her and, and kind of holding on to her. But the, the thing was, okay, but what else could you do? You're doing X, okay, and, and you have your reasons, right? That's the thing about a horse is they're legit, really, for the most part, mm-hmm. particularly on this horse. Like, okay, but what else could you do? And, and the dream is like, okay, so, you know, that that thing when you do get on and you kind of do have your first time doing xyz um you know if you have enough other things that they might give you a little extra latitude you know that's such that's such a benefit and that and i really do i think about that all the time like but what else could you do and then you gotta wait and the other thing I had two other questions I thought that were interesting this week about um, starting horses. Well, one was a question and one was something that occurred to me as I was helping um, kind of make comments to uh, a gal. Um, And the first question was, what are some other things I can do to get a, a horse prepared to ride? You know, but she's been doing the stuff that needs to be done, kind of going through the, the red book and, um, you know, and she doesn't want to be the person who just slaps the saddle on because it's just better if they're doing everything with the saddle. And like, there's, you know, there's stuff that you can, that you should have, I feel like, to be able to help a horse through, right? So that you can get them out of trouble. But it's not just exposing them to just everything, like the puffy doll over them or the sacks hanging off of them or, you know, not before you put the saddle on, right? Because the, the can you get them saddled safely and support them through that initial concern? And that just means... You know, you gotta you you can't skip your groundwork. You can't skip, um, or or I'll say it in a positive way, like, you know, can you accurately drift the hindquarters from your rein and get them united, right? And change direction so they can really roll laterally and longitudinally. If you can do those things, the sky's the limit in terms of what you can expose them to but if you're still stuck i see this maybe i don't know if you see this too is like maybe the horse will sort of lead respectfully as you're kind of you know and then you know the mistake is that i'm leading them over tarps or through the noodles or leading them along where well they have some and it's like that's not really going to support them because you do need to expose them on their own to going out, handling whatever they need to handle, and you supporting them from afar. Because I don't, you, you follow me? Like, I've seen that a lot lately. And it's, and it's just, and it's just, I think, a tiny tweak in like, yes, you need to expose them to those things. But the technicalities of some, of being able to support a horse 
via the lead rope. So there's another deal. I have a number of obstacles that I've got out here, bridge, water crossing, Peter totter, so on and so forth. And it's pretty interesting, you know, exactly what you're saying. You know, folks will be able to lead the horse over the bridge, but they'll have a little harder time sending the horse over the bridge or like folks that can lead the horse in the trailer, but ask the horse to go in the trailer on their own. And that's a little more difficult for them. So it, it is quite interesting because I'll usually start folks on the ground because a lot of horses haven't done any of this or seen any of it. And, um, and you know, I try to get, send your horse over it, get some distance in there, stop them while they're going over the bridge from a distance back them off of it without getting in there and you know pulling them back with the halter then you throw them in the saddle and the horse is it's like this next level like though you were 20 feet away from me you felt like support on the ground and a lot of that is a product of not having a well-defined rectangle to where the horse is going well now that you're not on the ground whereby you could block with that rain or you know, the lead, you could create some space between me and you with the flag and kind of line me up to go over this bridge or whatever. Cool, now you're on my back, legs being optional, I'm gonna check out this way or I'm gonna check out that way or I'm just not gonna try to go forward because I don't respect your legs the way I did respect the flag. So there's, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of interesting the stages that you have to go through. Um, particularly if, as you say, you go to the obstacle early, because you could have a horse that leads really well and just lead them right up to the obstacle and just essentially say, here's a situation where I don't want you to lead because this thing's more scary than I am, you know, the one you're fearlessly going to follow. Um, yeah. And, and again, it's just, it's, it's just knowing that there are those different categories so that you don't accidentally say oh they cross tarps they cross water they do x and it's like okay you know under these circumstances but what if you change the environment what if you're on their back instead of you know what if you're sending them what if you have a flag in your hand what if you know that's the other thing that um i really want to hear buck talk about it cross your fingers guys <laughs> but what all the flag can do you know and that it that that it is so much more than just than just an extension of your arm which it is than just a way to create some space and pressure which it is but it's only when you, I think, and I, I really do want to ask about this because I'll bet you he has some other, duh, I'll bet you he has some other thoughts about it. Um, but it's only when it also comforts them. Yeah, that was very, very clear in Sheridan, both with Dove, but probably even more so the cold. There is a, he was using the word expired, which I hadn't heard him say before. The good deal and the good deal expires. 
don't know, that's maybe something yeah. he heard yeah. saying recently. I don't know. I, I hadn't heard him say that for a while. He's been yeah. saying it for a long time. Yeah. You've heard him say it a lot. But. Oh, yeah. You've <laughs> said it a lot, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, he was saying that, but even when the good deal expired, it was kind of incredibly minimal how much pressure was coming in there. It wasn't like, well, sorry, bud, good deal expired. Whack. You know, it was how little can I do? And then, so even in the expiration of the good deal, there was kind of this like, I'm just swishing my tail up at you enough to motivate you forward and, you know, so on and so forth to where there was just this kind of natural movement of the flag rather than using it as a drive for a. Sure. How you use it. <laughs> Levi! <laughs> Say good morning. Um, how you use it. And, but then also, like, if the good deal expires and you use the flag, and then what? Then what, yeah. As the horse, you know, then you got to use it as, as a attaboy. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like I wish it hadn't taken me so long to really sort that out. And I think I sorted it out way before I could put words to it. You know, oh, I've been, <laughs> I've been watching a few things on YouTube. Um, just on the treadmill and just out of curiosity uh, to see kind of what's going on. Um, not in a critical way, but just, just observing horses is, is a little bit the point. Like how do horses take, take in information, right? That's, that's maybe the largest point. It comes from not going to enough buck clinics uh, these, this last year. Um, but, what is the deal with this emphasis on control, do you think? Like, control, and I even heard one lady say reprimand? Like, I don't know. I just don't think in those terms. I don't see horses thinking in those terms. How did you, Daddy, how did you put this up here? Lydia, look at your hair. You have such beautiful hair. <laughs> Why can't I have curls like that? Uh -huh. All right, we'll What's see you guys name? later. We're trying to talk. Good morning. So the other thing that um the other thing that I think that you and I have kind of talked about, um it, <coughs> My setup is so hokey here. <laughs> You've got like probably this nice light because you do this professionally interacting with people over. Uh -huh. I do have more than I used to. Like I look back at vlogs from like 10 years ago, you know, I was like, ah, ah, we would just, you know, it was so great back then. We put up the iPhone like we remember, we'd prop it yeah. up, whatever the light was, the light was. Ran the camera, posted it on Facebook, done. Now it takes a little more work. <laughs> now it's all fancy, but quality is much better. Sorry, the left, well, I don't know, it depends on. 
how it renders. But the right side of my screen, probably the left side of your screen, definitely does not have the production quality that the others does. <laughs> what I really you know, I sent you, like the first week we were doing this, I sent you a picture of my setup and I had like my phone propped up on a bookcase and a pillow and yeah. Just find a window. My There's phone. a window right there. There's a window right there. Where does he need to be? Huh? I think you need to be in front of the windows, what she's thinking. And put, so, but that's not always. I don't have enough sunlight coming in the windows. We got a lot of trees around us. <laughs> Nicole, our, our expert there. <laughs> get closer. Nicole says, get closer to the window. <laughs> Nicole, I want you to come to Dayton. I missed you in Sheridan. Yeah, we just we need to just have a reunion for crying out loud. Um, okay, but I don't want to forget talking about this because I think this is something that I haven't put into words before and that we could possibly use in, in the future. Um, this idea that when a horse is concerned, so we're working with a, a brand new horse and barely halter broke. Um, when the horse is concerned, they are sure they need to do X, right? I see the flag, got to get away from it. They're sure. Yeah. Well, then there's a window between what is really the solution we, we want them to learn and what they thought they should do. There's this window of uncertainty. And really, I feel like if you can, if I can notice it, and be like, and dwell in that moment. And it could be more than a moment. Like it could be a bunch of moments where the horse is like, you know, and you, and <clears throat> that's when I'm kind of like, I just kind of wait, like, you know, yeah. What, you know, what else might there be? And, and it's such a glorious time. I I love that feeling. And, and like I said, I mean, I don't know how many seconds it could be. Two seconds or 10 seconds or something like that, which feels like forever when a horse goes from like doing X to like, you know, and, and, and the pause and the accentuation, that's the word I'm looking for. The accentuation of the wondering from the horse. And, and like, I always want to make that a positive feeling to them versus horses that um and and like Zorro definitely went through this probably a little bit just his nature um but like Vivian think think back to when we were talking about Vivian when she feel like she when she felt like she didn't have the answer at times you know then it's like oh no I don't or Maggie great example super sure about all the things that she should do in a positive way, but I wanted to teach her some new things. Well, when she didn't have the answers, lots of concern, right? Versus this, this brand new horse, to, brand new to school. And you can say when they first, the very first time they wonder about something and don't know the answer, you can be like, there it is. Right? I think that's it's a, it's a version of what you described with Vivian some time ago that I thought was just super cool when she said, you see me? 
and it's almost like there's a puzzle to be figured out here. Like you're communicating something. You're not just out here telling me what to do or, you know, getting my controlling. body. Controlling. Yeah. Controlling you. And yeah. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Because, and what else is better than that? That Why? Why would we do any of this? other than to, to get to the, the mind, right? So, so I know I've done it a million times where I've just been looking at the feet or just get to the feet or whatever. Well, well, and like I said, on this particular horse, it was just a couple days ago. It was so obvious, like, and her feet slowed down. So like, that's the last thing you want to be like, Hey, hurry up to X, Y, Z. Right. And like, as they get kind of thinky, the ability to slow down and and yeah. show them that, that it matters to you. Yeah. And it's, it's different than what you're saying, but apropos in that moment as well is like they need to realize that slowing down is often the answer. Like peace is to be found in finding that slowing down, not just it's a it's a new item on the menu but it's the item that feels the best as opposed to going well like that but not like that that's the right idea but a little bit more you know trying to a little bit of putting priority in there of saying okay i need you know we're, we're working on this i'd like to see this and this is maybe my priority, but my priority shifts when I see something else shape up that wasn't what I had in mind. I'll take that. That's good. Or to go, you know, well, there's several things that I would like to see happen with, the, say, this United Circle. And this is my, you know, goal. Like Buck said to you the other day. <clears throat> just because you know what perfect is, don't expect it to be perfect. You know, three things you want to change and they change one or, and then maybe the other one falls off and you're immediately saying, no, 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 it's two. And pretty soon they're just, they shut down mentally because they're <laughs> trying to figure out what the heck they're supposed to do. And it's all just overwhelming. They don't know what to do to, to get it right. <clears throat> I was talking to Nathan the other day. He had been working with this horse, you know, that helping someone. And the way he described that feeling in the horse, you know, where they're just, they're not really scared, but they're just have been told not that, not that, and this and that, you know, and they're like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, I get a Time. You see it all the time because you're, you know, you're helping <laughs> six different people with their horses and some of them are checked out and some of them never yielded a day in their life and others are, you know, just freaked out and, and you're trying to get new skills built for the person and for the horse. Meanwhile, it's just challenging for someone to start out doing this and so they're having to repeat it and having to get it wrong like a thousand and one times just like we all did and the horse is going you're so sloppy about this i have 
no effing clue what we're trying to do. And it's interesting to see the trajectory of it from what <laughs> they missed one to 30 minutes later, 45 minutes later, and how the different horses respond to it. You know, a lot of it varies depending on how the person presents it. But you know, are they being assertive? Are they a pretty passive person? You know, what horse are they paired with? But yeah, I mean, some horses are just like, forget you. This is just so confusing. I have no clue why I'm out here. And this is annoying. Well, and other horses, the confusion or the pressure just rattles them. And they're going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or you know, other horses, they're just like trying their guts out, but they're just, they're, just, they're not even necessarily worried. That's the funny off. one. Like, they're not worried. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, not pretty pissed pretty off. Yeah. But the human's like, and the horse is like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. know. Don't right. look at me. Like, yeah. You've said like 10 things. I don't know. It's only funny if they're not scared or, or yeah. feeling, you know, or <laughs> frustrated because they're trying so hard to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disappointed or whatever. This is just yeah. like, dude, I like when your spell check is like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> you know? <laughs> when you're so you're far off base, or so I'll, yeah, or I'll give Kip a metaphor. This is totally what it reminded me of. I gave Kip a metaphor the other day. I was trying to, you know, express something. I wish I could remember what it was. <laughs> and it was just not accurate. <laughs> you know how he is, but this is how some horses are. He's like, he's like, try to follow me, you know? And he's like, that's not a very good metaphor. <laughs> but he's like trying to like get there. And then he's like, it's actually really bad. <laughs> so horses are like that, right? They're like, okay, but I don't know. It's so funny. You're going to have to clear it up for me. Yeah, like, come on, man. It's it's just hilarious. But if you can, I think the best part is to enjoy that. I love that so much. When their personality comes out in that way, like in a collaborative way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that that thinky time is, is fun. Really fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so let's say there's three responses because that's what we've kind of ironed out there the the middle one that's like i'd happily do it if i knew what they're asking me the one that's just like this is all scaring me and i just need to you know like i i need to get away or the horse that's like oh for god's sake like just leave me the hell alone you're not either not being effective or you're just putting constant pressure on so i want to check out it's interesting. <clears throat> Let's see. I lost my train of thought. See if I can remember it. Um, it it it's interesting to consider the three um, kind of scenarios, if you will, and how to help each one out of that. I mean, obviously, being clearer is the answer across the board. Clearing it up for them, more information, maybe less information in some cases, but what sort of help does any given horse need to find their way to the right answer? Um, 
you know, it, it's unfortunate, but really frequently there's the horse that's just kind of been allowed to be dull. They've never really had to be alive. They've never really had to yield with any sort of punctuality. And I'm like, come on, get in there. Like, you got to let them know what's important to you. So there's that side of things where you're just like, kind of feel like you're telling the person to really get after the horse. They get the horse's attention and now they've got this change. And I'm like, there, that's it. Just leave the horse the hell alone. Like you got his mind with you. But then being able to sustain that with, tact and feel and whatever is quite challenging but then on the other hand the other horse that's maybe more reactive and going i don't know what you want and it's just you know causing me to blank out out here because i'm worried you know i don't know in a way that's almost more challenging for the beginner because that horse really needs it to be clear it just doesn't need it doesn't need just come on, get alive, and then I'll let you go. Like, that's all I needed. The horse that's kind of just, like, frantically worried and not really thinking um, to help settle them, call them back to earth, um, you know, because there's such a variety that might need to happen there. You might need to firm up and say, I need your hindquarters. You can't just go winging around me. You might need to just kind of hang in there and wait on the feet to settle. You might just you know, pack way off the flag. You might, you know, kind of get in there and say, look, I'm not going to hide this from you. So, I don't know. That's where my brain went while we were talking about what you were laughing uproariously about. It just, it was so funny how he said it. It was just perfect. I wish I could recreate it. Um, <laughs> then you guys would be laughing too. But the, the scared horse or the horse that is blinking out a little bit, you, you know, is difficult for a beginner in the sense that it's difficult in any time where the human's self-preservation comes up, right? That's always hard to be sport. Like Zorro and I are about to go to the buck clinic, you know, in, in a situation where I suspect he'll be a little bit concerned, Um and, you know, the hopefully the more experience you have and the more water under the bridge, the, the I hope that I can be as supportive to him when my sense of self-preservation is challenged. Then, um, you know, so I think supporting that horse. But the other really critical element, and again, this comes back to this, the stimulus, whatever it is, the stimulus being a comfort. Either because it's presenting more information or because they, the horse can learn to see the thing as, as a comfort, right? And, and so I, I, I have recently also seen this where um, maybe the horse gets worried on the ground. Someone's using the flag, especially if they're, you know, sometimes it can happen when a dull horse, then you're like, get after, you know, you gotta, you gotta be clear. And then the horse is like, what the hell? Got to stay in there long enough for in a, in a way that is palatable for them to start to find comfort. That's, that's a really interesting thing. Difficult, very difficult to put, to put words to much more helpful to see it um but you know supporting supporting the worried horse is i i think in a way easier 
in a way, just because it's more obvious, you know, but the other thing that, but harder too, if you don't, if you don't know all the, they're looking for comfort. The dull horse isn't looking for comfort. They're pretty comfortable aside from the fact that you're, they're okay. annoying. They're pretty comfortable on their own, so they're not really seeking anything out. Whereas the worried horse, even if they're seeking everywhere that you'd rather them not be seeking away from you into your rope, you know, frantically scrambling around, they're looking for something. They're involved in a conversation. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it sure requires a lot of feeling it out to, to know how to to help them find and, a and then i've been thinking about how all of that all of what we just said applies as you go along so i'm many years into the process with some horses many many like with vivian let's say four years in and as we're sorting our way through the, I don't let's I'm just taking Piaf as a as an example because number one, I'm teaching it by myself from the saddle. Um number two, I have not done it many times. Uh, uh, just barely, barely, you know, on a few horses. And so I suck at it. But well, I mean I do, right? Compared to compared yeah. to other other things. But but she and I have a ton of latitude in our relationship. However, all of those things I still try to make sure and I'll find myself, you know, messing up as like not to not that, not this, you know, and really taking the time to be like, okay. What do I think the next thing is that then or the next feel or the next because let's say in Piaf you've you've got this end result, but there's a bunch of different components you know to that. Uh same thing with Zoro's flying change, because he has a decent flying change right to left. It's not perfect, but it's a, a working flying change, you know, that that we'll be able to do something with. But left to right. He does this super funny thing where um, let's say we're doing the pirouette to, to leg yield deal where it starts to, or I'll just explain the flying change. So if we're going on the left lead, he's going to have to put his weight onto the left hind leg to push himself into the right lead. Right. Um, and I could really, really get into the weeds with Zorro very quickly by um, prioritizing the trick or the movement because he's hip to that, right? He's like, which do you really care about? Um, instead of feel, right? And really, it's just like, follow my bubble. <laughs> and so I could do that. I could demand too many different pieces in it at once because, because the thing is he's sure of what he should do for whatever reason, maybe I'm just doing it in a way, you know, that, that is confusing to him. But again, if I am riding this and he's on the left lead and all of a sudden the right hind leg is the one that like has all the weight and he's kind of thumping on it. It's like, well, <laughs> there's no way you're going to make a flying change 
you know, so to break it down to the degree of, okay, how can I get that feeling between the two of us more reliable? It's tedious is I guess all I'm saying. It's not like, it's not like, you know, these things get so at once. Yeah. And you never get away from it. At least I haven't gotten away from it as, as it's a constant, it is the crux of the matter. I guess that's all I'm saying. It is the crux of the matter. And I have not yet found it to be a no brainer for myself. Well, I think that anytime we're on the edge of what our experience um, makes available or finds comfortable, I think you're, <clears throat> you're guessing more yourself, not just the horse, as to what are the next steps, what are the building blocks, what, what's a good thing to release for you're not able to feel as well like I was saying last week what the horse is capable of where you know this moment Buck's releasing for just these very tiny steps and you're going boy he's not getting much out of that but then when the horse finally comes through it comes through two steps like a no-brainer like being able to feel in whatever movement not having a lot of experience you can't always tell Hey, here's my opportunity. The horse is ready. Take advantage of it. Um, you know, the the farther on down the line you are in terms of, or just the closest to the uh, closer to the edge of what your experience and skill, um, that, you know, makes available. The more I think you're going to have to. Well, you're just experimenting. You know, you're just you're guessing. So, I mean, you're a hundred percent right. I would, I would agree with that. So the dream is then that your horse in that situation, I love it when my horses know me well enough to know when I'm a little bit out of my depth. There's this feeling, like with her, it's, but I don't want to wreck it. And I could wreck it, right? By getting too direct line, by, by, you know, all the things that I don't want to do. But my horse is like, okay, she's a bit out of her depth. So there's another mode that she seems to get into, you know, and I try not to frustrate her too much. But she does give me latitude. And the other thing I was I I, I do want to mention um, because I think it's worth it's worth talking about. She gives you latitude because you've given her latitude in moments for her. Maybe, yeah. Sure, sure. Because maybe because I've, yeah. Or she has so much pity for me. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yes, I mean, because there's been, um, I mean, that's part of the process. Like, I'm going to let you figure this out. Like, I'll I'll help you through this. And now she's gone. Okay. Not sure, but you've helped me through a lot of things. I mean, obviously that's not the thought going through their brain, but necessarily, but that kind of 
they're used to saying, we'll figure this out. Yeah, I think that's probably exactly right. It's part of your little culture between you and your horse. You know, is it a culture of empathy and, and collaborative solutionary, you know, or is it a regimented? And this is exactly the thing is like, I would much rather have a collaborative relationship because we're going to get to this is exactly ties into what I was what I was thinking of with the with the Colts, the ones that'll let you get along, let you just let you take, take, take. Well, then the problem is at some point you need them to give, give, give. And and so if you've set up a culture between you and horse that that uh, will allow you at some point when you are out of your depth, um, you know, or in a jam, then, then hopefully they can, they can help you. I was, the, the other thing that in terms of promptness and timely, you know, you, you, you are present, you know, you ask for something, let's just say, or you are a certain way and you want your horse to be with you in a, in a timely manner. How does one achieve that with all the things that we're talking about in, in mind? Um, because this is not, I, I've heard people question it, you know, and at times I had questioned it. How do you uh, give so much latitude at a certain point and then close the gap to we don't need we don't, yes but that's it's really quite natural to achieve that i feel like if i'm searching first for how quickly the signal quickly and clearly the signal goes or the thought goes from my mind to their mind Say that all again. You can shorten it up, tighten it up if you're paying attention to that. Yeah, because that's because if the because if the horse is confused or the horse is even if maybe even they're not displaying three or four different behaviors, but you can feel those running through their mind. Maybe I should go backwards or forwards, or I don't know which foot, or or you know. And then as you're going faster, then then they might be wondering more. Um, but if they're thinking, if they're like flipping through behaviors in their mind that you, you can't really hustle them to a result, right? But if we are prioritizing how quickly, how clearly the signal goes from my mind to their mind, then when it's like, a you know, a, a synapse, a shared synapse, like I think they understand, then we can be like, okay, and now it needs to go from your mind to your body. Mm-hmm. But if like, if we do it, and then there's all this either misunderstanding or sometimes noise, static, like we've talked about, which can be mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and definitely back to Zorro again, you know, there's still times when he might understand it but he still has feelings about it because he hasn't had enough um, enough reps with peace 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The reps, even the whole way along, you're, you've been saying this, is you still need the reps, but the reps can be fewer the more you're focusing on from the mind to the mind and then to the body. Yeah. And, and we've heard it said, how many times have we heard it said, our body to become their body or their body to become our body? which means our minds need to be connected, right? Mm -hmm. But it's so easy to say it and so much harder to do it. And like, like I said, you know, it really doesn't matter if you have a colt that's, that you haven't halter broke or a horse that's super educated. You can't really get away from those priorities. I think if you want the quality to be that magical thing. Wonder. How. Much the greats. The masters. Think in the terms you're. Using. Like, can, would they describe it that way? I mean, I, I no doubt that's what they're doing, right? But are they, is it like a conscious thing in their mind that they're looking for that moment of discovery? Or is it all just, I don't know, just, just a little thought I had. We might have to think about that and talk about it next time. Yeah, the only thing, like, I don't hear many people talk about it in the way that you describe it. And that's one of the things that's valuable to me in our conversations is to hear things from a different perspective, using different language from a different place of understanding um, of the horses. Like, I think a lot of people have an empathy for the horse, but I think you drive not just for um, an empathy and an understanding, but also a highly technical level of skill and marrying those two. Um, you know, again, I think the masters do that un unquestionably, but do they, do they think in those terms and, you know, because you don't hear many people describe things in those terms. So. Maybe it's because they weren't friends with you. Maybe they didn't hash it out for you know years and years together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's like the thing about the horse is they're such, in a way, they're so. Oh, I don't like these words, but in a way, they're so infantile, like like their needs are so basic, right? Mm. And cons consistent. And consistent, yeah. Yeah. And simple, I suppose, you, you know, but, but then what they are capable of intellectually is, you know, Nobel Prize winning in a way, right? In a way, like it's incredible 
what they can sort out. Like really unbelievable, I feel like. So that again is such a benefit to, to us of being able to be so basic and yet, because we need that in our human lives, right? It's like, am I tired today? Am I, you know, am I feeling like I have lots to get, like the basic feeling of optimism or, you know, do I just need a hug or like just the basic shit that we need as people, you know, um, like, and then there are times when, when, what can we do with that? It's, it's, uh, we don't even know what's possible, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to getting this lip is on. I'm really, I mean. How many horses do you have now? No, I, we're not talking. <laughs> Kip, how many horses did you no, have? No, he's at work already. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I had, I had. So you are, you are going to get her. I, I am. I mean, <laughs> un until she's in my barn, you know, and I have a feeling there's going to be a trailer loading demo uh, being recorded um, with her, but I don't think I can pass it up. And the answer to the question is I have five horses in my string, not including the lip is on and not including Rook, which is the regular amount. Five is what I've always had, you know, um, or at least for the last little while. So six is really pushing it and seven is really, really pushing it. Um, and, but how can I pass up on another Lipizzan that knocked on my door? And the reason I say that is because what they are, they're like little doctors or PhDs, like sitting in on like, how smart are you? Can we have a conversation? If we can, it's going to be really good. You know, <laughs> and you're just like, please, can we hang out together? <laughs> and I will, yet. I will try to be worthy. Yeah, exactly. And yet we like, we still have to be the one to give the basics. The comfort and, and the safety and the respect and the latitude and things like that. But one of the things I've said to dad my dad, you know, is very, uh, religious is not the term, but I don't know. He, he's been very focused on his spiritual life for his whole life, you know? And it's been interesting over time for him to watch me on my horsemanship journey because it is, because that is where I get my spiritual food, right? And um, one of the things I... I have described to him lately and tell me if you find this as well is when I get far enough into a relationship with a horse Vivian's like one that I really really have felt this with she knows about things that I don't know about no right uh-huh and so, again, it's so funny to be, like, in a way to be parenting, kind of, not that I know anything about that, but just, but caring for basic needs mm -hmm. for the exact same being, and not 20 years later, that knows more than you do. 
so we're the teacher, we're the coach, and the, and they're the teacher. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it, but it's such a it's such an overwhelming vortex horsemanship. Mm-hmm. You're smiling at me. Not at all. Um, how how much do you feel you need that history to have a horse know more than you? It's a great question. What was the last part? Oh no, your audio. Oh, okay. Someone's calling in. Um, I'm trying to think of the answer to his question. Uh, well, Vivian knows and Emma acknowledging this reminds me of the book Kinship with All Life. Right. That, that is absolutely a book that put words to it. Absolutely. That's such a great book. And that was with a dog. Um, and I, I, I didn't mention it, but the Great Pyrenees that I had that um, passed away recently, um, I felt like that about her for sure. So he's asking about the history, like how much history do we need with an animal? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I'm such a neophyte. Why do I don't like that word? That's funny. Maybe it's too Harvard for me. I wonder if Michael can hear me <laughs> or not. Um, he can't. Uh, I'm such a baby at at seeing it or acknowledging it. Um, I'm sure he'll be back in a second. You know, it's brand new. Like the first time I had a horse or I noticed a horse looking in my eyes was with Lil at the end of our, not at the end, she still sleeps, you know, 100 feet from me. Um, but it really at the as she was already a bridal horse and we had been together um actively together a really long time I, she was actually tied in the aisle here you know and she's she's taller than me and um i wonder hopefully that'll work and i looked i was brushing her you know and i looked in her eyes and she was looking right at me i'm talking about that first time that um yeah. I looked in Lil's eyes. Did you? I could hear you the whole time. I okay. don't know. And, and, and I can I better not talk too much about it because I won't be able to, but like, so that was new as all, as all I'm saying about the horse looking, looking at it or me receiving a horse looking at me. It's not that, I mean, I've been riding since I was 12. Happened a couple of years ago. So I don't know the answer to your question is, is, the, is the thing. Maybe it would happen just right away. If, if I was a better, more, not better, more elevated, developed human being. Does that answer your question? No, I, yeah. I think you're just 
there's there's two levels on which you can think about it. I mean, the horse can see right through you. That's why horses use are used in therapy. But um, you know, they can tell you things about yourself that you can't yet see, you don't yet know. Um, but you were you were referring to something that requires a history a little bit more than that. It's, it's like a a friendship that they give you, if you will, that is only built through kinship, which is, I saw Val mention that book. I actually was reading Tom Dorrance's book, and at the beginning it says, it mentions that book saying, people used to ask Tom what to read, and he for years would say, just, you know, you got to watch the horse, there's nothing to read, and then he started recommending that book, so I got to find that again. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's it, in horsemanship in particular. And that's the only thing I'm really good at. So, um, or have studied for a long time. Um, it, it's such you, the skills, like the mechanical skills are so important. Like we can't, it's, you're never going to get anywhere. Uh, um, except for, I suppose you could sit in a field or something, you know? Um, I guess what I'm saying is these, these things are not airy, fairy, wishes, you know, vaporous wishes. That's, that's not it. And it, and it comes from you know, there's a technical practice, I suppose, in martial arts. I guess I think about that, too. Like, the technical practice that you study for a long, long time. But I guess, really, the thing is, can isn't the dream to respect the technicalities of it while knowing where we're headed? And I think that's a huge value. And that's a little bit of, you know, knowing what perfect is, but allowing the process, not skipping steps, not rushing the process. This is an important, this is very basic. This is very, you know, we're, we're teaching you very elementary things, even though you're a very sophisticated, you know, PhD, like you said, of the liposoner. Um, lip is on, um, in the office with the, you know, with the glasses and the, yeah. so to, to know what's Kate, what's possible, but be willing to take all of those steps and you know, not try to cheat time. I had a friend I was riding with a friend the other day. And she was on a horse that she started, has done a great job with, but, you know, she works full time and has a new property and is busy. You know, she's, she's a human with a busy life and a well-rounded life, I would say. Um, and so we're getting to ride together, super fun. Uh, and at one point she kind of just makes the comment, because I was like, you guys are just so great to see you, meaning her and her horse partner. And um, she goes, well, I was just thinking, you know, Emma would have this horse doing blah, blah, blah by now. And um, 
I wish he was a little bit farther along. And it's just funny to be sitting apart and, and like what they have together is the good part. It doesn't make, I mean, and he's plenty young. He's like seven or eight or something. And I'm like thinking, you know, they have 15 years together or at least 10, a decade. What's the rush? There's no rush to doing the physical stuff. The physical stuff is just an excuse to practice the rest of it. And an opportunity to develop it. Yeah. It's funny to just, it, it's so obvious. And of course, I'm looking at his expression. She can't exactly see his, his expression, but I can see it, you know, and just being like, you're so there. Mm-hmm. You're, you're living in the good stuff. Yeah. Please don't wish you were somewhere else. You're there. Yeah. And it's a joy to see. Right? Yeah. It's partnership. It's, you know, it's what everyone is looking for. So you're exactly right. You're there. What, what, what more are you really looking for? I mean, how many people do I ask, what's your goal? Oh, just better communication with my horse and partnership and cool. Like yeah. you don't have to do all kinds of technical things. The more technical it gets, the more opportunity you have to build that. But yeah. 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 I, um, Michelle, who I've mentioned, the neighbor here that boards our place and she's like the fairy godmother to all the horses. I mean, they just, all adore her and she has that with pretty much every horse on the farm now she doesn't hasn't developed much horses and she's not just one that like gives them carrots or anything but she like develops a heart connection with animals pretty just because of who she is and like the horses all just like because she walks through the pasture to get from their place to her place and they all just follow her across the pasture and nicker at her and some of these, and she's not feeding them, you know, just like coming scratching on them and petting on them and being with them. And, um, you know, when she has her horses where she's developing her horsemanship, it's a little bit more of a complicated dance between them. They've got more of a conversation and they adore her. But to see, I mean, she kind of has the dream with all of the horses just because of the way she presents herself to them. And to me, that's pretty cool. That's super cool. And, you know, I don't know if Michelle was born that way or if she's developed it, you know, some other way or who knows. Um, I, I think it's so cool to be able to observe what's possible. Mm-hmm. Right. And then allow the process to shape you into that mm-hmm. like that's and to what to where like you said that is the goal to where you're, you're you're figuring out how to get that while doing all the technical things and developing a horse and developing movements and so on and so forth so and and it's it's an sometimes an emotionally taxing taxing thing 
you know, and horses and horses. Oh, anyway, we'll talk about that another time. They're so yeah. Yeah, it's time to go. Kind of figured we've been chatting for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I need to bring a little alarm clock in here because when I'm on my phone, I don't, I'm not able to see what time it is. I don't want to wear a watch. So you but can't I, see it in the it, upper corner? No, not oh. while I'm around. Oh, good. That means we get them for longer, you guys. Yeah. But not today. I got to run. I got to run too. Stuff to do. Okay. So fun talking. Let's continue. It's always amazing to me. We're like, we chatted for a moment this morning because about an hour ago, I did not feel well. I didn't know if I'd be making this show. I called him. I'm like, I don't know. And I said, I'm going to go for it. Um, Feel a lot better now. Uh, And we're like, what should we talk about? Oh, let's talk about this. And then like an hour and something erupts out of that one little comment we made before. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I appreciate getting to chat it out. Yeah, Mike Stewart says, good session. Thanks for hanging in there the whole time there, Mike. It's fun, super fun. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We love having you. It's so great. Um, you know, feel free to, to, I know it seems like there's not a way to get a word in edgewise, but now that I know how to scroll through comments, we we definitely could could do that at a certain point, but. Hope you guys are all having fun with your horses. Next week will be the day before the Buck Brandman Clinic in Oregon. So I will be here, maybe. Either that or I'll be hanging out. We'll see. So, uh, but regardless. Yeah. Uh, 6.30 next Thursday morning. 8.30 Central. All right, you guys. Catch you later. I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Sometimes I just can't help it and get the giggles. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my channel and share it with someone that you think might also appreciate it. We sure would love to have you live on Instagram at 6.30 a.m. on Thursdays. And if you'd like to check out my new membership horsemanship platform where you can tune in to a backstage pass where I'm developing my horses. I have some skill builder blocks that I really dive into the details of um, the curriculum items that are important to me. You'll have access to the horse rescue files and I'll be doing some tiny challenges for you and your horse just for fun. So you can check that out at horsemanshipinsider.com and I'm doing a free trial right now so you can dive right on in. I hope you have a good week going forward. Let's connect soon. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.